welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I'm talking to Andrew Muir and Georgia Bates. Um, They are bringing a show called Rethink to the Union Theatre on the 26th to the 30th of October. Andrew is writer of the play and joint creative director of Ardent Theatre Company, and Georgia is one of the actors. So welcome to you both. Um, Thank you. Do you want to tell us what Rethink is all about first? Yeah, Rethink is a play about a bunch of performing art graduates who have graduated from a performing arts course uh, at a college of higher education on the south coast of England. And they uh, graduated about 18 months ago. And it's been very difficult for them to engage in anything that they trained for. Opportunities aren't great as it is in somewhere like Dorset. And so this is a play really about, it was kind of inspired by that terrible government-backed campaign called, um, it was a poster, I think, of a, a ballerina called Fatima, with the kind of the idea that perhaps the ballerina needs to retrain and go into IT or something. And I, I was just, I, I reacted to that so violently and angrily that um, this kind of play came about Uh, and that's kind of what it's about really it's about someone the government send in this kind of like young upstart to talk about the possibilities of these six graduates rethinking retraining rewiring uh, and that's kind of the the premise of the play really and uh, Georgia what's your role in the play then Um, so I play myself it's almost heightened slightly and Andy works around that so we have sort of, when we first have our R&D, which our research and development, we all sort of sit around um, and talk about our experiences and how we feel and about the topic. And, and yeah, so we play, I play myself in that sense and how I feel of that situation. And yeah, that's how I sort of fit into that. And we all sort of play ourselves and each person feels the same, but slightly differently in how they have coped with that situation, I would say. What's your background? What have you done previously? Um, so I graduated from Porn Bournemouth College quite far out from London so um yeah not not a lot of opportunities there really I graduated there because although I really wanted to go to drama school the funds just weren't there so yeah so I graduated there and I've done a little bit of work in London I've worked with Andy before in London doing um like an immersive theatre thing so that's about it really for sort of professional work but I've done we did a lot of plays and things in university and I don't regret it it was a great we had a great time when we were there it's just difficult when you go off into the industry and you don't really have those credits I would say it's quite difficult yeah which I think I mean we'll get into that in more detail but that's clearly what Rethink is is talking about isn't it and Andrew what's your what I mean what's your background you've you're a playwright and you've created you say you're behind Ardent Theatre so what um 
what what have you been involved in, in the past so yeah i funnily enough like full circle uh, i went to the college where georgia has graduated from i did my a levels there I, <laughs> about 30 years ago i was lucky enough at the time dorset county council were funding people to go to drama school so i went off to mountview theater school and trained as an actor for three years and worked as an actor worked in the industry for about i don't know 15 years i worked as well, I, you know, I was a jobbing actor. I worked and did a lot of theatre, did a bit of TV, some commercials and stuff. I survived, but then it got harder and harder. I was always interested in in in, in plays and stories, and film and tell all of that stuff. I couldn't really afford to stay being an actor, and yet I couldn't afford to leave the industry. I couldn't bear the thought of not. So I wrote a play. I was on tour doing Richard III in Germany, and I wrote this play. And I just happened to be kind of sharing a room with a guy who um, wanted to be a director. And I said, look, I've got this play. And he said, well, I want to be a director. So <laughs> somehow we got some funds together and we put a play on at the Fimbra in Earl's Court. Lovely place, and, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant venue. And Neil down there was so supportive and so helpful and so brilliant and really kind of guided us, if you like. We were kind of novices lot of kind of um, experience as an actor but certainly not as a writer and certainly not for for Ben Winter as a director but anyway we, we put it on and then we went from there and we started doing plays once a year kind of every springtime it seemed to be I was working in a bar and a restaurant but what happened was because I'd, I'd literally stopped acting and I became I was able to start teaching people were approaching me and saying have you ever thought about maybe using your experience as an actor and kind of teaching and stuff like that so what it did is rather being kind of anxious about not turning up for interviews and auditions, I was able to give some time to teaching. And that's what I did. And so I started to come down to the college like I do now for two days a week, come down from London where I'm, where I'm based and where I live. And then in, in also running parallel with that, I started to write a lot more and then a, a literary agent and commissions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that's kind of where you find me now, really. So kind of experienced in kind of both, both sides of it, really. And it, it does really help. It certainly helps me you know working with students like Georgia in terms of acting and writing and directing as well you know it's the whole the whole thing and and I think you touched on this briefly Georgia the play itself you and the other actors bring quite a lot of yourself to this play you've helped shape this and rewrite this in a way yeah yeah so we we talk a lot about how we feel and what it's like to live where we live and what it's like since this whole thing with the government um saying cutting funds and things and um and how we feel on it and yeah we've just sort of brought ourselves into it really Georgia it was am I right I'm thinking when we first kind of started to do some R&D when we were allowed to get back into the room kind of like the post kind of COVID and stuff it was interesting because I didn't know whether so these particular eight Rob started the program was it like a year and a half ago two years ago Georgia when we began bringing you up to do some industry-led workshops and things in London. Yeah, I think we would, must have we been. Due, I think we were due to do the play, certainly kind of 2020, maybe the summer of 2020, but then it all got put back, mm. et cetera. And so for me, the first thing to do was find out whether they still wanted to do it, whether they were still interested, whether they yeah. were still, you know, you they'd all been working. You did say that, didn't you? I remember yeah. you going, right, I want to go around and see if you still even want to do this because it's such a long time that we've been away think, from it. Most of you had been working, Georgia, is that right? I mean, you're all in like kind of retail or bar, but there was yeah. money coming in. There was a monthly income. You were paying your rent. It was a little bit comfortable, dare I say. And yeah, it's t- you know, completely. It really... Yeah. So and... you just, yeah, get so comfortable into it. We, I, I was on, well, I was furloughed. So yeah. I, I, I didn't even 
do anything really creative in that sense while I was furloughed. It was just so hard to get some sort of motivation during that yeah. that time. And but, so that was in terms of the R and D and the kind of the stuff that was coming out. There was a lot of well, there was a lot of anger certainly yeah. was coming through and just kind of despondency like it wasn't very hopeful the environment to begin with just felt really quite down but it only took really a a day with a few of me asking a few questions you give me some answers we rebuilt the trust and we kind of like went from there really and everyone became very engaged again very very quickly and then we had to battle against you lot having to take time off work you're also nervous about kind of asking for time off and things and it was like it was just very very difficult I know that a lot of you are very anxious about that of anyone letting you you know take this time off I think when something like this sort of happens like the the pandemic it was just we all when you have that situation where you think oh my goodness I might not have any money or I might not that really was scary I think Mm. almost clung on to our jobs that we had that we absolutely hated but we we did because it was almost it it felt impossible what Mm. we were doing and it although we were still within Arden and it just felt like it it wasn't going to happen if and because we'd sort of felt like it was going to happen before, um, I I personally felt, I don't think this is going to happen again. I know. Um, I mean, we, it was very difficult for all of us because we tried yeah. to keep the dialogue going throughout, but we just didn't know what was going to happen and were yeah. we able to get back in the theatre. I suppose the one thing we did have was that we knew that the funding was kind of secure for yeah. this particular kind of um, program and this particular production, you know, it was in place, but it was just, were you all still going to do it? Were you still yeah. interested enough to do it? We've talked about um, Ardent Theatre Company. There's Ardent 8, which is what you are part of, Georgia, isn't it? Can you explain what yeah. Ardent 8 is? Um, so that's a sort of a section within the company. And Andy and Mark can pick eight students or I would say... I don't know how to explain it, whether it's outside of London or disadvantaged and bring them together. And there's a series of workshops that we've done, which have been amazing. We've done all sorts of different types of things, things that we we as actors that have studied in Paul and Bournemouth didn't really think about, like self-tapes. We never really even thought about that. Then this like actors coming in to do a workshop was like, okay, so you've heard of like self-tapes and we're all like, no (laughs) so that's been really helpful and then eventually it leads to a production that we've done with Andy that Andy writes but we've I think this time round we've been used to with Andy he'll write for us then we perform it whereas this has been far more all of us have come Mm. together and it's more of a collaborative situation I would say yeah it certainly feels like that this time around doesn't it definitely Um, and, you know, this is the second kind of round of Arden 8s, if you like. And they, they've only ever really been selected from the college where I have worked, simply because I've known these students. They've gone through the degree programme. I've worked on that degree programme and I've seen them all graduate. The reason why it started in the first place was there was one student in particular who was graduating who I think he lasted about six months before he just stopped. And I remember him returning to the college and I was in the auditorium with a new bunch of students. He just said, you know, Andy, um, I'm going to have to... Kind of move back to Reading now. I've tried. I can't. 
I can't do it. And it kind of broke my heart because I know that for a fact it was money that was really the barrier and the obstacle that was preventing him from really kind of experience any sort of opportunity. And that's what really got me thinking about Ardent A and how we at Ardent could possibly try and find ways of supporting those people who simply didn't have what I felt was an equal opportunity. I felt they, they didn't have the, the funds to be able to do what others seemed to be able to do naturally for whatever reason but this is the last time that we are going to just pick eight from that college we have now reached out further afield so we'll probably take four from the college and we will be taking possibly two from Manchester Met and two from Leicester de Montfort we're already in an arrangement with them and Mark and I going up to both those places again to tap into the sort of profile that is Arden A that sort of background that sort of kind of kind of working class if you like but this the background that doesn't really enable too much in the way of certainly accessing London and those sort of opportunities yeah um just shout out for De Montfort University my old university Ah. (laughs) (laughs) all power to Leicester excellent Um, right now you've mentioned this but this obviously is an important topic so last year I think and it made a lot of news at the time the government started a campaign saying the people in the arts should think about retraining. And I say there is the very classic ballerina going into cyber cyber security. How much has that shaped the play? And I think you've mentioned it, but let's, it's, it, let's ask it again. How insulting was that to the arts community, given everything that the arts put back into the country, to have the government t- tell you basically you, you're worthless, go and, go and become a cyber security expert? For me, it was it was all about... It wasn't so much about, I was deeply offended by it and I was really upset and angry, but it wasn't really me that I was thinking about when I saw that. It was, it was, it was people like Georgia and people like Georgia all around the country who have spent so much time and so much money and resource training in something that they completely believe in that is helping them with their confidence, their other communication skills, all sorts of stuff, bonding with others, trying out new stuff, exploring new ways of, that's what really offended me. It broke my heart to think that there were young people who were suddenly seeing this poster and suddenly everything that they've just worked so hard for has been completely wiped away in this horrendous kind of wording. I, I, I was, you know, really angry. And that's, you know, it is where the place, without a doubt, it's where the play was born. I mean, George, I don't know how you feel about it, but that, that, that's, you know, that's where I, my, my feelings are at. Yeah, I, I think I, I was heartbroken. I think where we are as it is, it's, it feels almost impossible being from Paul and Bournemouth. It feels almost impossible to do it as it is. And then we're starting to get grips on it and think right okay I think I'm going to do this I think I'm going to try and move to London I think I'm going to try and and do this career and then that comes out and it's just another like obstacle in the way I don't think they it's it seems very ignorant can I say that <laughs> it Absolutely. feels very ignorant that's um, the politest way I think I think I've yeah <laughs> I just I don't feel like it's see it as a job as such it's it's a passion isn't it I think for a lot of creatives it's it's a part of you to be just sort of told you no don't do do something else it's not like you just can't switch it off it's I don't know I I think I think all of us are passionate about it and 
it was just another sort of knockback. Yeah. And it's annoying, Georgia, isn't it? Because it's like it's another kind of reason why you have to stand there in front of a, a, a bunch of people justifying what you've just kind of experienced in terms of your training and and everything else and having to kind of like you know so often it's 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 because it's from the heart and it's very passionate very spirited it's yeah. like some people don't see it as real um, yeah. and therefore, therefore can seemingly kind of produce that sort of campaign that completely destroys you uh, yeah. and it breaks you as a person, um, I think yeah. it's, it's it's not just a job. It's it's you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and in the play, we touch upon that, don't we? You know, we use this one this one young character that's this, the kind of apprentice, if you like, the government-backed apprentice that's come in to try and you know talk about how you might rewire yourselves and how you know options for retraining and stuff, and and, and someone who really doesn't just get it and yet happily pays 90 pounds to go and watch a wonderful musical sort of thing and it's uh, you know it's it's very difficult looking at it from where i was the issue really especially with london is is it completely negated how much the arts actually is worth to the economy there's always like the government were like i mean you heard a lot of people talk about it that the, you know obviously this particular government don't like the arts because the arts tend to be slightly left-leaning so it, it felt a good excuse to sort of just boot us yes. and, I um, and i think as you just said about paying 90 pound for west end ticket do you, i mean do you think the government really understand the arts because i mean i cover fringe theater i mean i go to theaters where there's 20 people sitting there some nights and i yeah. don't think the government even know that exists so from your point of view do you think the government know outside of as you say the opera and the west end perhaps some do rob i don't want to kind of like brush everyone with that same stroke but you know, <laughs> too generous. Uh, you know i've sat in my own place where there's been two people in attendance you know mostly like edinburgh fringe sort of stuff <laughs> but also down here on the outer fringes and things it, it really was a very painful and i believe very ignorant campaign image and wording for so many it made us so angry and for so many of these young graduates, so kind of heartbroken that this could suddenly be seen by so many like that. Again, it's like it, it doesn't help at all. In fact, it's trying to stop. And, and that's so, so wrong. Yeah. And so, so let's before we get into because I think we can all rant about that for hours, can't we? <laughs> but, um, yeah. So let's, yeah. let's move on to the other themes of the plays. So um there's obviously a big theme of being from outside London here. And I'm saying, I think, as I've said to you um, before this interview and I think in emails, I'm very London-centric. I forget there's a world outside London sometimes. So what's the realities of being, you know, from so far outside London trying to break into the arts? It's nothing really there to be able to have a career. If, if I was to stay here and think, right, I'm going to be an actor in Bournemouth. I mean, there's things you can do. Like there's theatres around, but it's just not, you wouldn't be able to have a proper career, I don't think. I don't think the industry exists really from a professional point of view, Georgia, does it really? Certainly, you know, there's no real, no actors are really being employed. No local actors are really being employed. No young actors are being employed. By that, I mean, there's no equity contract. 
there's no wage, there's certainly kind of no rep, there's no real opportunity to work and earn money. I think it's getting um, better in terms of there are venues kind of starting to pop up. And I know the Lighthouse at Paul is doing a tremendous job at trying to encourage people to at least come and see stuff. But in terms of actually producing theatre that is employing actors, well, that's, I think, you know, probably Southampton is probably the closest for you, Georgia. But again, that could be one yeah. show every two years. They're not, you know, they can't just keep employing Georgia Bates every time they do. <laughs> much as you know they probably love to um and then you know you've got uh, exeter plymouth bristol you know there's there are venues of course there are around you'll branch but, out further yeah it, it gets out further so really yeah. the, the only option really is to do, is to try and get into london where because i've always said to these guys you know how we did it was, you know, working on the fringe. And the only way you could be seen was to be in something. The only way to be in something was to be on the fringe. And that's just how it worked. But then I was working in a bar in Covent Garden and during the day and then doing it in the, in the play in the evening and stuff. There were more opportunities. I think uh, my rent was low and there were many things. Now it's just, it, uh, it's unbelievable. It feels so daunting to even make that step. Mm. The it, cost of living, I suppose, now is... Yeah. just feels impossible i know it isn't you i could move but, but yeah um which actually and obviously i mean i i i class myself as working class yeah. so from a working class point of view though is is it that daughterness about actually the, the money is important isn't it Cause you've got you know you've got to be able to afford to pay your way day by day haven't you yeah. so how is that a massive barrier for you as well you know just the financial isn't it it's a big barrier for you to start just a sort of side note here what is this what you want to do full-time though is this your full-time career georgia yeah this is what you want you know this oh, what... i'd love to i this i'd absolutely love to i i go i, I do like an a retail job and i and i hate it <laughs> i it's not me it's absolutely mm. not me and no matter what i try i've tried all sorts of tried childcare. i've tried i've tried different types of work to see if it's it will fulfill me in that sense and it just doesn't i have recent like come to the conclusion that this is what i want to do mm. and i need to think of ways around it but it's just so difficult to mm. to do that yeah and, you know, I think it's really important to say in terms of Arden 8 and the coming, the forthcoming production, etc. Um, Mark and I never pretend in under any circumstances that this is the be all and end all and that we have promises of Hollywood and, you know, various television. But we, we never, ever do that. And I've always been adamant that we're very clear that what we are providing literally is an opportunity, what I believe is an equal opportunity to give these young graduates an experience for whatever reason they might not ever have had. They might have always had to stick in that retail or that care home or whatever it was they were doing. And so, you know, to, to come up for a week to rehearse and then come up for a week to perform, be put up in a travel lodge for a couple of weeks, be paid an equity contract, get a professional kind of like credit. It's about the experience more than anything. And there is no promise of anything, but what we can promise is that you will go up, you will go on. There will be a light on you and I'll be in the audience if no one else. We'll um, be there. <laughs> we've, we're, yeah, we're, we've already got someone um, lined up come to see the show. So we will come along giving right. a review as well. What, what's the realities of being working class and trying to break into the arts right now? Is the last year made it worse or just highlighted the problem more? 
I yeah I think I think it's put it on hold I feel like I've wasted a lot of time that's I feel like time that I could have possibly tried to do it I think that's not happened I I was saving before to try and move to London but then with with this it's sort of yes that stopped I think money for me has definitely been what it is I'd love to just get up and move there I'd love that but I, I just don't have the funds. I also feel I don't, I don't, I didn't go to drama school. And it's quite scary as someone who didn't go to drama school to go, right, okay, I'm going to go and try and be an actor because I don't have the credits. Who will employ me if I don't have those? Because yeah. I feel like they look at those and they think, right, that person studied there. That's their type of training. Yeah, I, I think a lot of, say, a lot of small theatre companies now are getting better at, they say, not going to drama school straight away for their sort of actors and putting more open calls out. So I, I think in a way there is that better, but you've got to, be, to say, but you have to be in London in the first place to get be in yeah. touch with those. What more can be done to help people like you to try and make a career in, in, in theatre? What more can, I mean, obviously the government aren't going to do anything at the moment, but is there, what, what, what would you like to see done? And what, what can people like us, Everything Theatre, do to help out? I, um, I looked on your website and I thought it was really lovely that you've put Thank our you. banner up on every page. I think that's brilliant. Just giving us sort of a chance to be seen. And covering smaller sort of shows and productions is is amazing. So you doing that is is amazing, I think. I'm not sure what else. I don't know, Andy, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's about you kind of accessing a bigger pool, really, and how we can help you access that bigger pool. It's always been, you're up, you're kind of up against it, Georgia, anyway, aren't you? You know, you sit in an interview room, you're sat next to someone who's just recently graduated from RADA, You've just graduated from the Bournemouth and Paul College of Higher Education. You know, psychologically already, you f- you feel less. That's just yeah. one of the. That's just a. That's human nature. Mm-hmm. I need that to change. That's what I need to try and do. You've got. We've got to try and change the way people think about. You know, you young people coming out of these phenomenal courses that you're graduating from, but you're graduating from in Dorset. I. I. I th- so I need theatres or cast rates or produce whatever to come out and see you and access you and your shows and your graduating performance and all the rest of it because we can't afford to send 30 graduates up and do a showcase in the west it's just not part of the remit so they have to come to us they've got to come down and and go out far more they are saying it's becoming a little bit easier i think because of the self-tapes and everything's going on self-tape now but i don't know about that and i don't know if you're still if you're if you're, if you're being seen in the same light, I, I really don't. And that's, you know, I, I, there's nothing it's, I can prove it. I find it hard to see myself as a professional, even though I have graduated and I, I have done that. I, I find that hard. It's only because of Arden that I am starting to yeah. see myself. No, you, you are professional. So there's also so there's all an element of confidence here as well, isn't there? Yeah. In, in sort of oh, there really the, is. The right back yeah. in. From from everything theatre point of view, obviously, yeah, I mean, we, we cover fringe theatre. We are set up really for fringe theatre. It's it's what it's what our reviewers love. I mean, it's what I have a passion for, to be honest. I'd rather go to a fringe show than anything yeah. else. Outside of London, we are pushing for more. We are trying to get more reviewers in the regional areas. I said to you before we got, we got here, Angie. Weirdly, we have three reviewers in Bristol at the moment. So we're trying to get, we are trying to see shows outside yeah. of London. But we have a problem trying to get people as well. Because I mean, I constantly put out calls for people outside London. 
over social media and that. Um, yeah. And we're, we're you know, if I can get reviewers around the regions, I will because I get invited to theatres up down the country. So yeah. we will try and support yeah. outside the regions right. where we right. can. And you know, if you've got any students who want to do a bit of reviewing, send them my way. So, yeah, great. <laughs> and I think uh, that's really important, Rob, because if we can, if, if if the area that George is talking about, which is the Bournemouth Pool area, if there could be even like a fringe venue that is mm-hmm. producing kind of fringe productions, but is not just for themselves, but is actually actually knows that there are potentially people coming in to either review it or you know or to watch them you know on, on a professional basis. But it's just again, I talk about you know a trainer is sixty four quid return for the day, I think, um, to Bournemouth. Yeah. And the other thing is you can't get you you can't get if you're in London you can't get back to Bournemouth. If you're in Bournemouth, you can't get back to Last London train. after a certain time. You know, so there's that as well. It's it's just not easy. Why should we come and see Rethink in a couple of weeks' time then? Go and sell the play to us. <laughs> Go, Georgia. <laughs> I think you should come and see Rethink because it's really truthful. The writing is brilliant. We've all put our heart into it. So I think, and it's really relevant at the moment, especially if you're creative. I think it gives you a really good insight into not only having difficulty accessing the industry, but if you are in the industry and you feel this way as well, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Andy? <laughs> I think you should come and see Rethink because I, I believe it's full of heart and I believe it's full of hope and I believe it rips to shreds that poster campaign. Fantastic. And I say just a quick re- um, reminder, so Rethink Union Theatre, 26th to the 30th of October. So we got what five? Is it just five nights or are you doing a matinee at all? We've got five nights, two matinees, one Thursday, one Saturday. Brilliant. And we'll say we will be there. I can't remember what date we're coming on, but um Thanks, Rob. Oh, Thank we, you. So I, much. I think we're having thank us. You. We're there 27th or 28th, I think. If I remember rightly. I don't know. Is there a press night or is it just was it open? No, remember. no, any any whatever you want. I think, yeah, I think we tend, well, to be honest, we, t- we try and avoid the first night when we come and see shows about press night, because first night we think give you a chance to iron out any problems. But, um, <laughs> That's really but kind. I, I, think, I, remember, kind. I think we're coming 27th or 28th, but so it's it's um, one of our regulars, uh, Lily, is coming along and she's right. she'll, she'll love you. I'm sure she will. Andy, yeah, thanks, Georgia, Rob. thank you so much for your time. It's been thank an absolute you. pleasure. Thank you for having us, Rob. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed. Yay!